Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Meet or on the rocks, it's the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. And that just show you like what this team is all about. Um, one one close group, uh, it's a family here. Um, and you kind of like, I, was, I always seen it from the outside looking in when I was in New Orleans. Uh, I was looking at this team like I want to be a part of that, you know, so um, to be able to actually be a part of it, it's just a real feeling. That's Deontay Hardy, hero, last night. The game-tying punt return for a touchdown back in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on a victory Monday. We check in with Nate Geary, the Buffalo Bills radio network and our Odyssey Sports sister station, WGR, in Buffalo. It, it, I guess it can be two. You can have. You, it could be true that you can have two truths. You could have bad Josh Allen show up in a game and still actually win the game because it felt like that's what we were getting last night, Nate. You know, it kind of felt like they got the really good version of Josh Allen minus three plays. Um, but I just think the three plays had such an impact, um, you know, like on, on the outcome of the first half and what we felt like might have been the outcome of the entire game that I think everybody looked at the game at large and said, well, the Bills won despite, you know, some of these Josh Allen turnovers, the the sack, the sack fumble that he gave up, which was, I mean, just an incredible play by, by Christian Wilkins. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the two interceptions, one of which was, um, you know, essentially a throwaway, right? It's fourth down. He's trying to make a play. The other one was another miscommunication between him and Gabe Davis. But I, I think I saw that overall on those three plays, he was a minus 15.5 EPA, um, essentially saying that he cost the Bills 15 points. Um, and then I think for the rest of the game, he had a, like a, like a plus 26 EPA. Um, you know, so he was basically essentially able to wipe off the 15 points that he cost them and added another three touchdowns in how well he played. I mean, he finishes 30 of 38 for 359 yards and then add 67 more on the ground. I mean, the guy accounted for 90% of his team's offense and frankly, uh, what answers did the Dolphins have? I mean, some of these delusional fans I was reading last night on Twitter talking about how Vic Fangio and that defense finally figured out, um, you know, how to slow down Josh Allen. Uh, and I, I'm thinking about like, what world, what game are you guys watching? They did whatever they wanted. They did not have a three and out in that game. Um, and they did whatever they wanted offensively, move the ball up and down the field. If you look at the box score, if you look at the the team statistics, it is the closest blowout I've ever seen. I mean, they doubled them up on yards, uh, doubled them up on time of possession, uh, plays, yards per play. It just was a, a true dismantling uh, of, of a former AFC East leader. Um, and, you know, and, and, I, and I said this you know, last night, but it, it, I just wonder how demoralizing of a loss that is for the Dolphins because, yes, a lot of injuries, and those certainly played a part. Um, but does anyone really think the, 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 that game is different with – 
you know, Jalen Phillips and, and Jalen Waddle and, uh, and Bradley Chubb. I, I don't, I don't think three players, maybe, a you know, and it added a, an offensive lineman or two as well to the Miami's, you know, uh, injury report. I, listen, I think that the Bills are a much better team. I think Josh Allen is a much better quarterback. Um, I think Sean McDermott's a much better coach. So all in all, uh, you know, I think for me, yeah, Josh had those three plays. But I think at the end of the day, what he showed is the AFC East will continue running through him. He's now 11-1 and against this Dolphins team. And and again, this is a team they built, a quarterback and offense that they built to keep up with the Bills and Josh Allen. And man, against their third, fourth string linebacker, uh, their third string cornerback, um, and, you know, injuries all across that defense. They had no answers. They had, what did they have? I think I saw, I thought they had seven rushing yards in the second half on three attempts after yeah. going for 101 in the first. Yeah, man, that was a, um, that was a blowout for, for kind of the proportions that you saw the scoreboard look like. I think that game was much further apart than the score indicated. So, Nate, the next time you're engaged with somebody either on air or on Twitter that says, oh, the Bills don't make adjustments at halftime, I I would point to this game because the first half there, the Dolphins running all over the place. Second half, no points, only eight yards rushing. What did McDermott do to shut that down? I think that they went light. Um, they decided, and, and, and one of the things that I sort of, I said at halftime when I was interviewing Sale down the sidelines, I, I thought they really needed to try to figure out how to stop them on first down because they were giving up big chunk plays. They were giving up, you know, seven, eight, nine yards on first down. Not only does that give you, you know, really nice down and distance on second down, you could take a shot now uh, or you can get the first down and keep moving along in the drive. But what it also did was I thought really opened up the play action. What it did was essentially add an extra second to Tua's processing because those linebackers first step had to be forward because they were getting gutted in the run game. And as soon as that second half shift happened, Bills go down and they end up punting in the, in the first possession. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that was the Bills' opportunity to tie this game, take that possession back. I didn't feel particularly good after the Bills punted after, um, after their first drive in the second half. Um, and obviously the Bills controlled the clock for the entire third quarter. Um, but to your point, Sean McDermott in a master class, absolutely outclassed uh, Mike McDaniel. I, I, a lot of people want to look at Tua. I thought Tua was very inaccurate in the second half. Yeah. A lot of people blaming Tyree Kill for some drops. He's had drop issues this season, a big drop in just about every game. Um, Micah Hyde knocked that ball out, a big third down uh, potential reception that would have extended that drive. Um, Tua was inaccurate, but to me, the guy I'm looking at, if I'm a Dolphins fan, is Mike McDaniel because that guy went into a cocoon. Uh, and it, to me, the moment wasn't necessarily too big for Tua or Tyreek or the Dolphins at large. I think the moment was too big for Mike McDaniel. He got he got outcoached by Sean McDermott and a guy that I think a lot of Bills fans have been, you know, souring on and feeling like other coaches have been outcoaching Sean McDermott. Well, you want to talk about a master class in coaching. I think yeah, there's look no further than what we saw yeah, last you, night with you, Sean McDermott. You knew things were going well for Coach McDermott when he challenged and won. That doesn't <laughs> happen that often. <laughs> yeah. um, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the injuries that happened through the course of last night and what it might mean for this weekend's matchup. Because you know what? Bale Inspector came in when they needed him to, and I thought he did a pretty good job. Uh, Dane Jackson stepped up, did a pretty good job. You lose Gabe Davis, Khalil Shakir uh, goes for over 100 yards receiving. Talk about some of these depth players and, and, and second and third stringers that are stepping up now into roles and may need to step up even more here as they advance in the postseason. 
we've seen Dane Jackson do it before. Not really surprised he was able to step in and, and, and play the way that he did. Sounds like uh, after the game that um, – uh, there was Sol Douglas feels pretty confident that he'll have an opportunity uh, to to go this week. He didn't think the injury was too serious. So that's great news. Um, but you know, I think to me the the maybe the most interesting guy out of all of this is Balen Specter, a guy um, that this team kept in a, a primarily a special teams role. He also was injured in training camp, and we didn't really get to see his name vaulted into the conversation uh, to take over um, at the middle linebacker position because of his injury. And obviously, he gets sort of forgotten because Terrell Bernard takes the position and runs with it. And frankly, in my opinion, has it, it, it should get a look at an all-pro spot or at least a second-team all-pro spot, um, the way that he's played this year and the statistics he's put up. Um, his play was didn't miss a beat from Terrell Dotson, who – you know, had his own, you know, issues this year. But when he came in for Matt Milano, um, I thought that, you know, and PFF would agree, he played really, really well, um, really uh, fit into a role nicely in this defense. So for me, the surprise was how well Balen Spector came in and how little that loss affected them. I thought that really was telling. But, yeah, listen, to me, Khalil Shakir is the number three option in the passing game right now behind Diggs and Kincaid, uh, and the numbers bear that out. But to me, he is this big, this team's big play guy. He's this team's big play threat. He is the fastest receiver they have on the roster, sub four or five guy. Um, he is as, uh, well, I mean, dependable as dependable could be. 13 of his last 13 targets have been catches. Um, he is top 25 in the league in catch rate. Um, and he just brings the speed element that I think this offense desperately needs. But I think to me, the, the thing that I'm most impressed by is the trust that he's been able to gain with Josh Allen. That's not just that he's getting screen passes and taking them 40 yards. He's getting looked at on third and five, third and seven in big money down situations. Josh Allen's looking at him and he's making plays and coming through in the clutch. So um, I, that I'm, you know, listen, I, I think the, the loss of Gabe Davis is going to hurt in a couple of ways. He's their best blocker on the perimeter. Um, to me, it has not gone well when Josh Allen has targeted Gabe Davis in the past game. And to me, when he went down with injury, the offense didn't look to press as much. Josh Allen wasn't trying to find Gabe Davis he was spreading the ball out. I thought they did a good job getting the ball to Stephon Diggs. I thought Kincaid had his best game by far as a pro. Um, so, uh, listen, I, I, the, the loss of, uh, of Gabe Davis will certainly hurt, uh, but I think they're in a good position to overcome that um, with, you know, Sherfield, who I thought played well too, and maybe we'll get to see a little more Deontay Hardy. He's earned that. Uh, but Khalil Shakir has been uh, really a, a remarkable story this year, a guy that started the year playing like 12% of the snaps and is now basically the second highest snap count guy in this offense. It's, uh, it's, it's been a real remarkable shift for him. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Nate, a couple of other uh, player personnel things I wanted to quiz you on here because I'm totally fine with Leonard Fournette uh, if he gets elevated every other game here. Now, uh, as, well, as long as the Bills are alive over Latavius Murray, but then then again, we don't know what uh, Ty Johnson's status is for this game. Um, and get your thoughts here. Like, what, what are they doing with Von Miller at this point? I mean, are they, are they just hoping that all of a sudden he's going to turn into old Von? Please explain why, why Von Miller was active for this game. I don't think you want him going two weeks without playing football. I think that they still want to rely on him. Um, I think he played 29 snaps yesterday, or maybe it was either 29 snaps or 29% of the snaps defensively yesterday. Um, I, I am of the mind that he is not one of the top seven, uh, one of the top five guys at his position right now. Um, I think that Jack Lawson, AJ Epinesa, uh, Gregory Rousseau, um, uh, Floyd, Leonard Floyd in, Kingsley I don't know. Jonathan. Kingsley Jonathan yeah. ahead of him. Um, like I, I, I kind of, you don't view him in the top five right now. It's, but at, at the end of the day, uh, there is a value to having him dressed. Um, there's a value to having his leadership, his, his veteran presence on the field. Um, but I'm not sure where the value lies with him actually being on the field because he does not, um, he's not pressing the pocket. He's not pressing the edge. He's doesn't look like he really trusts his leg. I saw him walking. I think Dan Fates, had a video of him walking out of the field in pregame and there was a notable limp in his gait. He does not look healthy to me. I think that's one of the only explanations I have for a guy who was so potent uh, a calendar year ago uh, to being a guy right now that looks like a shell of himself. To me, he's either a not trusting it or B um, has not fully recovered and he's 30, whatever, 35 years old. It wouldn't surprise me um, if this is a, a more of like an 18 month injury than, than a, than a true nine to 12 month injury. So, um, what you're going to get moving forward, it's hard to tell, but right now I'm having a hard time selling you on why he should be out in the field, uh, come Sunday at one o'clock. Nate, so much has been made over the course of the last few weeks about Stefan Diggs, lack of production, lack of usage, nice little bounce back game, 87 yards, eight targets, catching seven. What would have your eyes seen uh, specifically with Diggs here over the course of the last month, month and a half that led to all the, the talk that we had last week of, of his usage and, and his decline in, in, in production? Is it just a matter of Allen really truly taking what the defense is giving him and not having that separation from Stefan Diggs? 
I think a lot of it had to do with snap count. Uh, he was only getting about 60%, 70% of the plays over the last couple of weeks. I think that was calculated. Um, I think the offense and himself and the coaching staff agreed that uh, keeping him as fresh and as ready to go for this stretch, the, the, this game, um, and obviously into the playoffs was most important. But I think we're having a very different conversation if Josh Allen hits three open balls down the field, accumulating to 200 and something yards and three touchdowns um, to Stephon Diggs. Three of the last four weeks, um, they have schemed him or he has, I mean, he cooked Jalen Ramsey, yeah. cooked him uh, last night and Josh missed him. Um, and I think that's been sort of the story here is, is if he's got another 200 yards and three touchdowns um, over the last four weeks, is anyone even having this conversation? I, I would beg that no, that, that that's not the case, that no one is talking about it. So um, I think there's something to be said about, you know, what the reasons are behind him not playing as much, him taking himself out of the game uh, with the frequency that he has over the last couple of weeks. But I, I still think there's no denying he's the most important piece of this offense. Um, he's the thing that makes this thing run. Um, and I think there's no coincidence that how successful they were in the past game that he played one of his highest snap counts of the year at 88 percent um last night and he, he was uncoverable at times um and still has that after the catch burst um that you know has been so patented over the course of his career i, I just think josh has got to do a little bit better job putting more air on some of these balls he obviously hits that one down the left sidelines that set them up um you know and then they get the touchdown to Sherfield two plays later but i think for me Josh has got to sort of get back to some of the things that he worked on with, with Jordan Palmer two years ago when his deep ball rate went through the roof. Um, he's been throwing those on, on more frozen ropes on, um, on less trajectory. Um, and he's, he's been, he's been heavy handed on his last three attempts to, um, to, to dig down the field. So I, I do think that, um, of course, I think you would want to see them continue feeding digs and feeding them more. I don't think you're going to see that problem over the next uh, couple of weeks, hopefully the next couple of weeks, but definitely not next week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So we look ahead to the Steelers here, Nate, and, and here will be my number one concern. It's actually the weather in case that, I mean, again, we don't know we're so far out, but if we get one of those weather type games and weird things can happen, but what other things would concern you about the Steelers where, okay, yeah, you're going to see Mason Rudolph, but it is a team that somehow some way finds ways to win ugly games listen winning ugly uh whatever you got to do in january uh to 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 get to the next round it's survive in advance they say it and it's it rings true and this is the kind of matchup that i don't know will will probably keep someone like me awake at night because they're a team that the bills are very clearly better at the advantage at quarterback might not there might not be a further distance between starting quarterbacks of NFL franchises uh, than where we are with the Bills and where we are with the Steelers. But the Steelers have figured some things out on offense. George Pickens is a formidable, formidable weapon um, on that side of the ball. And if they can run the football, um, they're they're going to be a tough team. They're going to be a tough out. Now, obviously, I don't believe they're going to have T.J. Watt. Uh, that's going to be huge for them. Their record with and without T.J. Watt is substantial. But Alex Highsmith on that side of the ball is not as good, but he is right up there as one of the best edge rushers in the league. So they're not going to be able to take anything off, take anything for granted next week against the Steelers team. But uh, listen, I think this, they opened as a nine and a half favorite, nine and a half point favorite. Um, I think there's a reason for that. And I think the big reason for that is the bills are a significantly better football team than the Pittsburgh Steelers who sort of backdoored their way, beating the backups of a Baltimore Ravens team that, which by the way, they beat by, you know, 10 points or whatever it was, seven points. Um, I, I think the bills, if they play the game, they played last night 
they should win by, by double digits. They just need to make sure they protect the football. They don't give it away and don't give Mason Rudolph any opportunities to get any fluky plays down the field with uh, with a guy like George Pickens. And Nate, checking in on, on how they're lining up offensively, because last night we, we kind of knew, like, all right, Miami's second level of defense is an area you can exploit. A lot of 12 personnel. We've seen a lot of 12 personnel return with the return of Dawson Knox from that wrist injury earlier in the season. Expect to see more of that. Is that is that the Bills' bread and butter now offensively? I do. I think so because of the way the teams are defending them. Um, they have not shifted. Teams have not uh, gone bigger. Um, they haven't added that third linebacker into the fold, which means they've got mismatches with safeties and, and linebackers uh, and corners against. Listen, yesterday there on that big play to, to Dalton Kincaid down the field, they had Melvin Ingram, yeah. who wasn't playing football four weeks ago, man to man against Dalton Kincaid. So the way that defenses have had adjusted um, have not it's not worked, frankly. So um, until somebody throws a defensive package out there that uh, forces the Bills to to change. I think you're going to see much of the same over the next couple of weeks here, hopefully, you know, uh, but uh, right now I think it is turning into their bread and butter and I'm liking more and more the plan that Joe Brady has for Kincaid, for Knox. They're not running the same routes. They're not doing the same things that there's not a lot of redundancy um, and they have very different skill sets. So I'm glad to see that Joe Burrow is, or that uh, Joe Brady is acknowledging that um, and using them and deploying them in different ways. I think he's been creative. Um, I think in the red zone, they're very difficult to defend when they've got two tight ends that can do the things that those guys can do. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I've really liked what I've seen from the development of, of these tight ends because I think halfway through the season, I'm thinking there's really not, to me, not a roster spot for Dawson Knox moving forward. they got to find a way to move off of him and, and lean into Dalton Kincaid. Um, but I, I've really liked the – um, development of what I've seen him uh, that you know Joe Brady use these two um, over the last couple of weeks. So after a, a record seven primetime games, you get the Bills Sunday one o'clock. It they, that that feels that feels correct to me having the Bills and Steelers as uh, the first game up on Sunday. Yeah, um, listen, I, I'm 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 kind of enjoying that we're going to get a one o'clock game. To be honest, um, seven is a lot. Uh, I you know was thinking maybe it'd be Saturday night. I think they might have a good shot at that. But uh, yeah, Sunday one o'clock at uh, in Orchard Park, I think is uh, just what the doctor ordered. They get the normal week. They get to prepare like a normal week, uh, and I love that um, because listen, the opportunity that I think is ultimately going to uh, kind of play out here is that I think the Bills will take care of business, and I think they're going to get to host Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs for Patrick Mahomes' first ever road playoff game. And boy, that's going to be prime time. So, um, yeah, I'm excited that they get to Sunday 1 o'clock because I think it, it gives them an opportunity to get back to a normal routine um, and set up for what I think could be maybe the most entertaining uh, game of the week in the divisional round. Nate, appreciate the time as always. Great work last night on the game. Looking forward to it again coming up on Sunday. Thanks, fellas. Got it, Nate Carey. Buffalo Bills Radio Network, Odyssey Sports Sister Station, WGR in Buffalo, and uh, sharing some time with us here in the sports bar talking about last night's win. Yeah, uh, this is a fun fact because the 2020 game, fans weren't there. Okay, so the last time the Chiefs were in Buffalo the year with fans in the stands, 2014. Jeez. You want to take a guess who started at quarterback that day for Buffalo? Oh, I was going to say, I, I'm pretty sure it was an Alex Smith game for Kansas City. Might have been, but for Buffalo, this is really, really obscure. Uh, Thad Lewis. No. Mm. I'm 
Um, you're, you're, you're on the right track. Though, I know. Like. I know. I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain about the spares that were being trotted out there those years. And Thad Lewis is the first one that popped into my head. The answer, Jeff Tool. <sighs> Jeff Tool. Oh, Tool time. <laughs> How could I forget? Oh, E.J. Manuel hurt at that point. Ugh. And so the Bills had to turn to an undrafted rookie, Jeff Tool. Oh, yeah. Ugh. I mean, us complaining about three Josh o- uh, Allen turnovers. <laughs> I'll take that over talking about Jeff Tool as your starting quarterback. Against How the Kansas far Kansas. we've come in nine years. Here. My God. Ugh. Fantastic win. They get the division. And now, you know, look, they're not going to talk about looking past the Pittsburgh Steelers, but talking about Kansas City potentially having to come to Orchard Park in the divisional round. So that's mm-hmm. why you actually have to pull for the Chiefs. I, I look, if I had to ask you, okay, so there's three possible opponents. Again, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Fine. The Chiefs, the Texans, the Browns. Which one do you think would present the best opportunity for a Bills win? I, I do think it's the Chiefs. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, the Texans may be so young, and they don't know any better, and the Browns' physicality. I want to see Cleveland going to Baltimore. That would be a lot of fun, oh, too. Oh, that would be fun. Well, I mean, just look at all the matchups this weekend. It's narrative street all over the place. I mean, it's it's crazy. You, you, the, the, the Peacock game, Matt Stafford going back to Detroit. Fantastic. Mike McCarthy coaching against his former team. Love that. <laughs> All that's missing from the Browns-Texans is Deshaun Watson being healthy. What drama? Oh, he'll be on the sideline. They'll cut away to him. What drama? How great is this? How about Tyreek Hill going back? Tyreek Hill going back to Kansas City, of course. Yes. Fantastic. Just all around the NFL matchups. The the, the script has been followed. It's just, you know, Oh, and I don't know if you knew this, but Sean McDermott and Mike Tomlin both went to William & Mary. I'm sure that won't get mentioned at all, that these two men know each other, went to school together, played college football together. Uh, Yeah, expect plenty of praise heaped upon the Pittsburgh Steelers by Sean McDermott when we hear from him in the middle of the week. There will be a lot of that, I'm sure. That's how you know it's going to be a good week when the McLeys are just flowing. Yeah. Uh, We're going to take a break here, come back. We've got some takes on tap in the sports bar, including... And it's not a long list because, well, honestly, I was kind of dialed into what was going on last night. And, um, well, I do have some Francesas from the weekend. Some weekend Francesas. Oh, who cares? I have some thoughts at the ending of that Saints-Falcons game. Oh, that has nothing. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. Like, I love when coach-on-coach coach thing happens. Fantastic. But, but, like, there's there's another angle here, too. Like, um, they'll have lasting ramifications. I'll explain on that. And, yes, it is Black Monday, as you have uh, Arthur Smith fired by the Falcons. You had Ron Rivera fired. Still don't know about Belichick and others, but I danger. I think I, I've come around. I think there is going. I, I don't know even though it's a surprise to those on the outside might think it's a surprise, but I think there is a coach for a playoff team that's going to get bounced. Uh, I have a non-sports take, too, a way to set a tone if you're going to be hosting any sort of playoff party. Playoff watching parties at your house. Way to set a tone. That's coming up here with I'll Drink to That. Some takes on tap. In the sports bar, you can join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. 866-4FAN, 866-4326. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. 
On 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 